Hello and welcome to the Life Coach Live podcast. I'm your host, Olivia Figueroa, awakening coach and manifestation expert. I'll help you live a life by design as I share all the tools I've gathered along my way to achieving massive success and abundance in all areas of my life. Thank you for joining and let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Life Coach Live podcast. So on today's episode, I wanted to talk about transitioning or going from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. And if you've never heard of either, what is a fixed growth set? What is a fixed mindset and what is a growth mindset? So one of the first mindset books I ever read was is called Mindset, The New Psychology of Success by Carol S. Dweck, PhD, How We Can Learn to Fulfill Our Potential, Parenting, Business, School, and Relationships. And this was one of the first times I had heard about fixed and growth mindset other than school because I minored in psych and found a lot of useful tools from neuroscience especially, Um, but I've always been on a self-development journey, on a spiritual journey. I'm always reading books, listening to podcasts, and so anytime I find something useful, I always want to share it with you guys, especially if you resonate with this and maybe feel frustrated or looking for answers. And so it's a page, it's about a page and a half, and I'm just going to read you this excerpt on mindset and depression. So as a psychologist and an educator, I'm vitally interested in depression. It runs wild on college campuses, especially in February and March. The winter is not over, the summer is not in sight, work has piled up, and relationships are often frayed. Yet, it's been clear to me for a long time that different students handle depression in dramatically different ways. Some let everything slide, others, though feeling wretched, hang on. They drag themselves to class, keep up with their work, and take care of themselves, so that when they feel better, their lives are intact. Not long ago, we decided to see whether mindsets play a role in this difference. To find out, we measured students' mindsets and then had them keep an online diary for three weeks in February and March. Every day, they answered questions about their mood, their activities, and how they were coping with problems. Here's what we discovered. First, the students with the fixed mindset had higher levels of depression. Our analysis showed that this was because they ruminated over their problems and setbacks, essentially tormenting themselves with the idea that the setbacks meant they were incompetent or unworthy. It just kept circulating in my head. You're a dope. I just couldn't let go of the thought that this made me less of a man. Again, failures labeled them and left them no route to success. And the more depressed they felt, the more they let things go, the less they took action to solve their problems. For example, they didn't study what they needed, what they needed to, they didn't hand in their assignments on time, and they didn't keep up with their chores. Although students with a fixed mindset showed more depression, there was still plenty of people with a growth mindset who felt pretty miserable, this being peak season for depression. And here we saw something really amazing. The more depressed people with a growth mindset felt, short of severe depression, the more they took action to confront their problems, the more they made sure to keep up with their schoolwork, and the more they kept up with their lives. The worse they felt, the more determined they became. 
In fact, from the way they acted, it might have been hard to know how despondent they actually were. Here is a story a young man told me. In this story, I kind of started reading without <laughs> telling you that I was reading, so you probably caught on. But this story really resonated with me because I've always, and I'm about to read it, but I've always had a very positive outlook on life. And I think partly it's because of how I was raised and, you know, given some tough love by my dad, especially. Um, and, you know, anytime I would complain about being in a hard class or school or, you know, pretty much anything, he would just say, like, you're not a quitter, um, which some would say <laughs> isn't being you know, emotionally sensitive or isn't correct parenting. And there were a lot of things he did that I don't agree with. But I think what we're seeing a lot of now is parents and just society in general catering to people with mental health in a way, in a way that it's almost praising being in victim mode versus praising the people who are operating from a growth mindset, who are trying to overcome these problems, obstacles, feeling unmotivated, like they can't get out of bed, but they're still doing it anyways. And I've noticed a trend on TikTok. I don't personally have the app, but I have friends that will show me things. And it's like the younger generation especially it's basically like comparing their mental health. Like my mental health is worse than yours. And it's so ridiculous to me because it's like, it's just enforcing or enabling this victim behavior where it's, where it's like, oh, well, you don't get it because you're not on medication or you're not diagnosed. And I've had several conversations with friends where who have gone to school psychologist or, you know, therapist outside of school and have gotten labeled with a disorder. And then they're like, wait, like, I thought this is <laughs> what I wanted, or I thought that this would help me solve things, but now I'm just identifying with it more and I'm not individuating from what's going on. Right. Because the more that we label ourselves, the more that we see, people who kind of, you know, avoid discomfort more and more and will just blame it on something external versus going inward and taking responsibility for your life. And it's the harder thing to do. And, you know, no one's perfect. I'm not saying that I'm perfect at doing this all the time either. But I think when, I think what's happened is not to discredit, you know, <laughs> mental health, if you are having a shitty day, if you're feeling depressed, you know, like I have been there, I totally resonate with you. It sucks. And, but I really want to just applaud the people on here who are listening to this, who don't give up and who every day know that there is light at the end of the tunnel and who are putting in the consistent work, right? Not just saying, oh, well, I tried that for a week and it didn't work, right? It's like these habits are 
lifestyle habits. It's almost like when someone's trying to lose weight and they try a diet for however many months and then go back to what they were doing before. It's like being healthy, whether it's your mind or body, it's a lifestyle. It's not something that you attempt and then it doesn't work. You know, it's like, give it time. And we're so used to living in an instantaneous society where I think it can be hard for people to not see results right away and then they lose hope, they give up. And when, and I'm going to continue reading this in a second, but when you're able to teach people the growth mindset, it can really transform their lives in amazing ways. And, you know, at the end of the day, we can't change people. So as much as it sucks to see a friend or a family member suffering and not taking responsibility for their life, at the end of the day, there's, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. And so what I truly believe in is just leading by example, right? And the people that are meant to come around will come around. And I think with mental health, it's a touchy subject because a lot of people have felt like it's okay to be a victim and we're as a society, I think straying away from doing the hard things and becoming a better human because of it. And we're getting softer and we're getting weaker by the lifestyle choices we make, you know, like on top of lifestyle habits, it's also like, what is your environment like, right? Like, are you hanging around toxic people? Are you still drinking and jeweling and doing drugs every weekend and in an environment that no shit, you're not going to feel good. Like that coupled with your medication isn't going to make you feel better. So are you really surprised that you're not doing too well? And I was in this place two years ago where I just got to this point and I think a lot of people have to get to a low point where they're like, whatever I'm currently doing isn't supporting the life that I see for myself or it's not supporting my best self, my future self. And what can I do today to change that, right? Like in every moment we have a choice. And so are we making choices that are going to support our future or that are going to create a future that looks more like our past? And so (laughs) without further ado, (laughs) this part of the book really just hit home for me because I think that this is how society is starting to look at it and it's unfortunate. So this is a story from a student, a male student, and he said, I was a freshman and it was the first time I had been away from home. Everyone was a stranger, the courses were hard, and as the year wore on, I felt more and more depressed. Eventually, it reached a point where I could hardly get out of bed in the morning, but every day I forced myself to get up, shower, shave, and do whatever it was I needed to do. One day, I really hit a low point, and I decided to ask for help, so I went to the teaching assistant in my psychology course and asked for her advice. Are you going to your classes, she asked. Yes, I replied. Are you keeping up with your reading? Yes. Are you doing okay on your exams? Yes. Well, she informed me, then you're not depressed. And now this is the author talking again. He's also a psychologist. 
Um, yes, he was depressed, <laughs> but he was coping the way people in the growth mindset tend to cope with determination. Doesn't temperament have a lot to do with it? Aren't some people sensitive by nature while others just let things roll off their backs? Temperament certainly plays a role, but mindset is an important part of the story. When we taught people the growth mindset, it changed the way they reacted to their depressed mood. The worse they felt, the more motivated they became and the more they confronted the problems that faced them. In short, when people believe in fixed traits, they are always in danger of being measured by a failure. It can define them in a permanent way. Smart or talented as they may be, this mindset seems to rob them of their coping resources. When people believe their basic qualities can be developed, failures may still hurt, but failures don't define them. And if abilities can be expanded, if change and growth are possible, then there are still many paths to success. And that last part there is a lot about what Joe Dispenza and other coaches and mentors in this space talk about where you know, you are not fixed. <laughs> you are malleable. The mind is malleable. You can change, but it's, do you want to change? Do you want to take responsibility for your life? Do you want to do the harder thing? And a lot of people don't, but it's like, that's why you're going to stay complacent. And that's why you're going to stay in the same place, doing the same thing and not getting any different results. And so I don't think that as a society, it's beneficial to encourage this victim mindset or this fixed mindset, this victim mentality, because it's not actually helping the people we love. I think sometimes the best thing we can do to help people is show them tough love and make them uncomfortable. And, you know, also understanding that at points, <laughs> what they might really need is a lot of love and compassion because their inner child might be coming out. Um, you know, they might be having a trauma response, whatever it is, but it it's a hard, I've been wanting to read that part of the book on here for a while because it's a really hard situation to deal with without people thinking that you're not being empathetic or compassionate when really this is just an, a more conscious understanding that not everyone's going to resonate with. And that's okay. But the best thing that you can do for the planet and like the consciousness of the planet and helping wake up those around you is to raise your own light and raise your own vibration. And in turn, you're going to spark a light in others around you. And so I just wanted to <laughs> applaud you if you have been, you know, going through a really hard time. <laughs> um, this summer, for example, for me, I have been alone um, out here on the West Coast when, you know, everyone I love, my family, Danny, my closest friends from home are all on the East Coast. And I've had to do a lot of things on my own. When, you know, I'm feeling unmotivated or depressed and, you know, it's like you don't really need <laughs> to go to someone to know the signs of depression or anxiety or any of these disorders. If you study them, it's like, okay, these are signs, but identifying with them and labeling them doesn't do anything. Like I personally have never taken myself 
to a psychiatrist to get labeled or prescribed because I know like in my inner knowing that that isn't going to help or do anything because then you're also dealing with side effects of these drugs. That's like, well, that doesn't make you feel good either. And I think what happened in the pandemic, especially is people were spending a lot more time alone and with themselves. And maybe they didn't want to face their own shadows or what came up in that space of silence. Right. And so what we have to realize in life is that everything like just (laughs) imagine you're walking around your day-to-day and you're just holding up a mirror right all of your reactions all of your triggers they're all pointing to something unhealed inside of you and know that we are constantly projecting onto other people and the more that we can become aware of our thoughts of our reactions, you know, are they super emotionally charged or have we processed and then come to a more neutral place where we can then better respond? It's so important on our own healing journeys to keep up this level of self-awareness so that we are able to, I think it's easy to get to a place where it's like, okay, I have done a lot of healing. I have worked with a lot of coaches. I have read all the self-development books. And then it's like, you stop, you know, consuming, you stop learning, you stop, um, you know, correcting yourself in a way and maybe just think that you're right. Or you're coming from a place of, I know everything when, We don't. We're on a continuous healing journey. We're always students to some capacity. And so I think the more that we're able to check ourselves in life, even if we're around, even if we might be the more mature person in a lot of situations, still realizing that we always will have our own triggers and to notice them, acknowledge them when they come up and then figure out you know, every time I have a trigger, I look at it and I just go, that's interesting. I wonder why this is happening. I wonder what needs my love and attention and what is still unhealed inside of me. And that is, you know, that requires you dropping your ego. That definitely is the harder thing to do. But the more that you do hard things, right? The more that you learn that you can overcome anything and the more that that builds character. And something I heard in a Jay Shetty podcast is we always, like in that moment, we want to avoid. We want to do the easier thing. We don't want to have the difficult conversation. But what we're not realizing, and it's because we're also probably assuming or trying to predict, right, how the other person's going to react or behave But instead, if we can just, you know, zoom out for a second and realize that in this moment, you know, whatever you're dealing with, you're going to deal with hard things multiple times. But in this moment, if I can choose the harder thing right now, it is going to make my life in the long run so much easier versus avoiding like so many people avoid confrontation. And that's a big thing from childhood, right? It's like a learns trauma response and thinking that confrontation is bad. But the more that we are able to pick the harder thing 
in each moment, we're going to become invincible. And especially if you are someone that has big goals, big dreams in life, right? It's like you picking the easier thing all the time isn't going to prepare you for that level of responsibility or for that bigger manifestation that will require more of you. Like your character won't be built enough to handle that. And so then you're not going to receive it. And so if you ever get to a place where you feel blocked or you kind of have plateaued in life, ask yourself, like, how can I challenge myself more? How can I stretch myself more? And it usually is (laughs) going to be hard, but you know, I think when we catch ourselves falling into familiar patterns or, you know, just kind of coasting like, okay, this is easy. Always shake that up. How can I challenge myself in this moment? Um, and I know like as someone who has gone through multiple deaths and rebirths, when you have the rebirth, you're like, I just want to enjoy this. Like, I don't want it to be hard again, but you have to know that everything is happening for you. It's not happening to you. And as shitty as it might feel in the moment, once you're able to process your emotions and come out on the other side of it, it really is a beautiful time to reflect and just see what is this teaching me? Like, what was I supposed to learn in this moment? How can I have more compassion for others? How can I raise my understanding and consciousness from this experience. And I think if we're looking at life that way, every time we're faced with a challenge or obstacle, you are going to be so, so prepared for anything that comes your way. And, you know, you're here for a reason. You have a mission, you have a purpose. If you haven't yet discovered it yet, or if you're, you know, like me, (laughs) slowly, you know, walking towards it and keep and you keep discovering more and more signs of what you're, you know, here for and what you're meant to do, then that's amazing. And keep going, keep following that inner knowing and just know that, you know, just because (laughs) the more that you follow your calling and the more that you follow your knowing, you're going to become more polarizing. And so you're going to make more people uncomfortable and you're going to trigger your more people, but know that that is their own work to do and that you're actually doing something right by not pleasing everyone and by, you know, standing in your power and your authenticity and your truth versus trying to cater to everyone's needs because they react in a bad way And maybe you're a people pleaser or maybe you're a caretaker archetype and you're like, no, I want things to be fine and okay. And I don't like when things are unsettled, right? But if you can't handle making one person upset or displeasing a few people, you know, when you get to the point when maybe you have millions of followers on social media you're going to deal with so much more hate than that, right? (laughs) And so it's almost like life preparing you um, one step at a time. And so no matter what your calling is or whatever you're, you know, striving towards, understand that these hard moments are when we grow. Growth is painful, right? You don't grow in the easy moments, but they're there to enjoy. They offset the hard, the bad, And without bad days, we wouldn't know good days. So 
once we can just come to terms that life is a continuous ebb and flow and that, you know, to just ride out the wave and, um, remember that we are a soul in a human body, having a human experience. We agreed to all of these hardships beforehand to help us evolve and just know that life is a game. Like at the end of the day, we're on a spinning rock in space, you know, we're gonna get to the other side and then realize like, wow, why was I taking so many things so seriously when I could have dropped my ego a little more and, you know, gone about things in a more peaceful, surrendered state. And so those are your words of wisdom (laughs) for today. I have a 5.30 yoga class, and so I wanted to record this before going there. I haven't been in a while, and I always notice a difference when I'm actively doing yoga every week, meditating. Yoga is great for releasing like somatic work, like releasing stored trauma in the body. Um, so yeah, <laughs> if you haven't tried it, totally recommend, highly recommend. Um, but I hope you guys have a great rest of your day or night whenever you're listening to this and I will see you all next time. Please let me know if you have any requests for future podcasts or episodes. Um, I'm on Instagram at lifecoachlive underscore. So DM me with any questions you want me to answer or any topics you want me to expand more on, and I will gladly do so. So I love you all, and I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you like what you've heard, please rate and subscribe to help the podcast grow. I'll see you guys next time.